and now season two, we're stronger, we're scareder, we're still in lockdown. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. And I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. I'm in like a weird void and you're in this like, it looks purpley on one side and blue on the other side. Like you just, you, and then your shirt's yellow. You just got like 80s, happy, fun vibes. And I, I look do, like I was captured. I do kind of feel like I'm Cindy Lauper or some shit. <laughs> you have 80s workout instructor vibes. Like you're just like, guys, let's do this. Exercise is power. Yeah, I know. I look like I should be wearing like tights and, and um, like a leotard. Uh, which is how I want to look all the time. Yeah. yeah, just somebody in a leotard always ready to stretch for no reason. I, the problem is I just have too much time. It's what it is. You are just waking up whenever we talk and I've been up for hours killing time because I was supposed to be doing other things. So I'm looking at like makeup tutorials and I'm like, what would my hair look like if it was up into the side? And like, what, I should wear this yellow jumper shredder with, uh, with this new bodysuit that I got. <laughs> It felt like a bodysuit. It's funny that all I can see is your shoulder. And I was like, that's a bodysuit. It's a fucking bodysuit. Yeah, girl. It is. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, um, and you know, I'm just getting back into bodysuits. Yeah. We all are as, as a country, as in the world, cause they fucking, they're everywhere now. And you yeah. go, yeah, maybe I look good in a bodysuit. And then you forget fucking how hard it is to pee. It's a, it's literally a torture device. It's the cutest torture device I've ever seen. It's once I wore overalls in a bodysuit and I was like, I hate myself. <laughs> like, that's usually that? when I wear it is with overalls and I look adorable. And then you go to pee and you're like cursing in a stall and you know, some girl is like, she's wearing a bodysuit. Yeah. <laughs> like she just knows. There's just, no time. <laughs> she's like, girl, I made that same mistake last week. I feel you. <laughs> Where are you? I'm, I'm at my parents. This is my mom has like this lofty, there's nothing in it. Like there's like a Yeah, stretch. you can hear that. She has like a weird crossbow across from me. What? She has a giant pink and black crossbow. Weapons. It's a weapons yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're a weapons family. Uh, my mom has gifted me all the weapons I have. Um, but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't want to kill my parents. So on Valentine's Day, I got up at 8.30 in the morning and walked to go get a COVID test. And I feel like everywhere else in the country, there's drive-in COVID tests. Even if the line is long, you are in your car, not in New York. It's their walk up, you wait in line. And this is, I think the fourth or fifth COVID test I've had, but like by myself, Valentine's day, I was like, in my mind, this was my logic. Either nobody's going to be there because they're all with their significant loved ones anyway, or it's going to be a lot of single people because they're like, they're like, we can meet up, but you need to have a COVID test. I don't know. I feel like such an old lady where I'm like, I don't know what the kids do these days with their COVID dating. Usually I show up an hour early so that the only wait I have is the hour and I'm like the first person in line. But I was so tired and I was like, is anybody gonna be there? It was a two hour wait and somewhere around an hour and a half, I was not okay, like not okay. And this is the thing, like your stomach and your chest, don't you feel like they get cold 
never. Like, I feel like it's always like my hands, my ears, my feet, maybe yeah. sometimes my legs, but you think about it. Like, yeah. But you think about like high fat areas, like chest, butt, even my stomach. And they have the most fabrics. Like I'm wearing like a shirt, a sweatshirt, a coat, dude. I was like, I was shiver. I was so cold. my entire body. It was like, I jumped into a pot, like into like a pond or something. I was so cold and it's like couples in front of me and couples behind me. And I'm standing there by myself freezing. And I was like, should I let them know I might die and like, tell them who my emergency contacts are? Like, I truly was just You're not like, really going to die until you start to feel hot. Is that, is that the case? Well, so I was watching that murder mystery. <laughs> um, <laughs> And like, they're talking about uh, hypothermia. I don't remember if Johnny was saying it or the TV was saying it. They're both equally smart to me. But <laughs> right before you die of hypothermia, you get really hot. So yeah, I just I just heard from somewhere that you, f- you feel hot before you um, die. So oh, cool. I wasn't there yet. I was yeah. still very cold. <laughs> I was I was freezing. And like a couple of the couples in front of me were like kind of like dancing and jumping like they weren't okay either but I was like not okay and by myself and I and so I called I called my friend Amanda and she talked to me but I didn't realize until I called her that I was like angry cold like you know when like it changes your disposition yeah like she's trying to tell me and I had to be like oh I'm really angry and I'm not angry at you but like I'm so cold that I'm mad like that's where I am right you get all of those phone calls (laughs) but like I, I felt the same when I was waiting in line for the visa thing, like because of COVID, we weren't allowed to wait inside. So they schedule it in increments. So like I'm the eight to eight thirty person. So like I showed up at like seven fifteen because I, I always try to get to places early and I miscalculated and I didn't know where I was going. I just want to make sure I had the right time. And it was my yeah. visa. You don't want to fuck with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I got there early. And so we were all standing outside. There's a huge line. And somebody kept coming around going, are you, what time is your appointment? And I was like 8.35 and they were like, what time is your appointment? And they're like seven, whatever. And they're like, they have to go ahead of you, which is fair. (laughs) But it was like, well, I was here first, (laughs) freezing. And like, I just didn't want to be kind because I was, my feet were, I was moving in a a way, like my toes are frozen. Yeah. No, you, you hit a place of being so cold that you understand murder. Like I was like, oh, this is why people murder in cold areas because I was so like I'm talking to one of my favorite people. She's calling me just so I'm not alone in line. Cause I had told her I was probably gonna be in line for a little bit in the morning and she forgot it was Valentine's day. So she's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. He gave me breakfast in bed. I was like, yeah, eat your breakfast in bed. I don't want to complain to you. But then by the time she called me, I had been in line for an hour and a half. And I was like, she was just like, so how's it going? I was like, not good. <laughs> hate everything. <laughs> and like, I woke up in a good mood. Like, that's the funny thing. I've been waking up in like a really good mood. I've been like waking up, turning to my cat and being like, you suck, but I love you so much. Like talking that's to my cat. That's as <laughs> well she, she usually wakes me up like three times in the middle of the night so yeah. it's just one of those things but I've been like almost Maria style popping out of bed like let's start our morning and that's how I woke up even though I woke up early even though I knew I was going to this COVID test and it's a it, it's really hard to get to via train so it's like a 25 minute walk so I'm actually hot when I get there because I'm like you know me I walk fast and you know slipping on ice and stuff yeah. I like, so it's like truly an ice wrap everywhere in New York city right now. Like people, people shovel just enough for you to get by and then they didn't do a great job. And then it's been like raining and stuff. And it's like, it's a slip and slide every sidewalk, everywhere well, you go. If you're truly dying of COVID, you can't make it to the test. So <laughs> maybe well, that's the other that funny way. part of it is like, 
I know I don't have it. I haven't gone anywhere or done anything, but I can't not take it because I just, I need to know that I'm not going to kill my parents. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but it's so funny. Like, I'm not even joking within, I wasn't even home yet. So it took 20 minutes for me to get a negative result. And I was still angry, cold. And I ran into my roommate who was walking to work and he's like, how are you? I was like, cold. <laughs> like, just like crazy. But like, I had, as I looked up, I was literally looking at my phone and it said negative. And I was like, of course it is. Of course yeah. it's negative. I know it's negative. Why did I have to do that? But like mentally, there was no way I wasn't going to get that COVID test because I just, if maybe I was going somewhere else, but it's just my parents. I can't. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, I had a similar thing waiting for a visa situation, but luckily like the guy was so nice when I went in and he was like, he was like, yeah, you're good. And I was like, do you, do I need to mail anything in? Or he's like, no. And I was like, but this feels too easy. And he was like, it's easy. And I was like, not yeah, America. Like, <laughs> when I do this from home, it's much harder. <laughs> but you have, before you had to re-up your visa and come home, but they're allowing you to re-up it, not at home. You can renew it once. Like, so it goes a year, you can renew it and then you can go another year. But after two years, you have to come back and, and do it again. Renew it. Okay. Yeah. And it's so much. Well, that's, that's why I have that, that story of getting an emergency passport while I was in England and it being so easy. I mean, it is kind of funny where you're like, does America, is America more efficient overseas? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, I don't even know how to process that. Yeah, It's truly it, it, like, that is almost a hundred percent of what my fuck Finland joke is, is where I was just like, I was like, it took 30, 40 minutes for me to get an emergency passport. And they're like, good day to you lady. And you're like, what? 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 I haven't <laughs> cried yet. I haven't cried. <laughs> You're not doing it right unless I'm crying in a government building. I love, uh, yeah, I love the part of that joke where you, you beat the the girl at the DMV. Like she's like, "Well, you need this," and you're like, "I have it," yeah. but you need this. I have it. And she's just like, "Damn, all right." You know, yeah, like you truly. Respect. I'm not even exaggerating. This woman had a huge smile. She's like, "Okay." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the organizational." like high five that I've been wanting my entire life. Nobody's noticed except for this woman. It's like you beat all the levels of a Nintendo game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I told you guys, you need to just be organized and then you get to level two. Uh, we should get into announcements. Yeah. Um, this is going to be our first episode of season two. Congratulations, you made it to season two. We did it. I was hoping season two would be like, big studio and like professional setup and maybe we have a cool producer person and then you know we're out of lockdown but no we're still here do you remember when we first started this you were like hey because we were like pre we had a we were like a couple episodes ahead we were like probably like three or four ahead because we pre-taped a bunch and yeah. you're like hey we got to slow down because people probably don't want to hear about quarantine when they're no longer in quarantine that i know i'm so dumb i had no idea <laughs> we were gonna be in quarantine no, for a year you had faith in government <laughs> so we're at season two we're pretty much almost we were it's a little off but we hit 50 50 episodes which is pretty amazing and i'm very proud of us we started this literally because we were going to be on tour together in Europe and then that got cut short and then I literally ago. was like boarding a plane and I was like we should start a podcast <laughs> and then as yeah. soon as I got home we started recording so it's been pretty much a year of two non-doctors and um, we love you guys you guys have been so good to us and we appreciate all our listeners um, and now season two we're stronger we're scareder we're still in lockdown <laughs> <laughs> We still don't know what we're doing. We're still yeah. talking shit. Yeah. 
but our cool thing for season two, if, uh, if you join our Patreon, either the current Patreon people we already have, or if you join our Patreon every week, we're going to have a new let's get personal bonus. Um, so this episode will come out in the same day. We'll have uh, for $5 or more, we'll have a let's get personal bonus. Our bonuses right now are starting out of the 36 questions of how to fall in love. That's what we're basing our let's get personal questions on. We're so going to see if we fall in love. People. So thank you for all our Patreons. And yeah, and if you currently aren't and you want more two non-doctors-ness, join us. Yeah, uh, follow us on the socials. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at two non-doctors, the number two full word doctors. And then on Instagram, it's two non-DRS, the number two. If you haven't already, please leave us, if you go to Apple Podcasts uh, and leave us a, a rate and review, that's really helpful for us. It's, we appreciate it a lot. Um, makes us feel good. helps us get seen. And, uh, and all the reviews have been really, really nice. And so nice. Yeah. We're like, thanks our little hearts. And then this Sunday is going to be the next zoom diner. That's March 7th at 4 PM Eastern time. And my cat book, why cats are assholes comes out March 16th, but you can pre-buy it now on all the things, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, indie books. So, um, yeah, buy a cat book support an artist writing about Will I be that. able to get it in the UK? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Fan mail? Yep. This comes from Matt. He writes to us about um, our episode, Put Us On Your To-Do List. This is about organization. Hi guys, just listened to your podcast, Put Us On Your To-Do List, and it was great. As the pandemic started last year, I made two resolutions to keep myself from going crazy. Walk every day and read every day. I find setting benchmarks really useful. So for walking, my first benchmark was 4,000 steps a day. I increased it by 500 steps each time in the, um, each time the benchmark became too easy. Now my minimum step count is 5,500. To tackle reading, I read 10 pages a day. I find that I usually end up reading more than that, but by committing to a small number of 10 pages, I find it a lot easier to get into doing it. I also need to remind myself about incremental improvements. So I am for 1% improvements, a concept I learned from Tim Ferriss. Instead of getting down on myself for not being perfect, I look at how I can improve on something by 1%, whether it's one extra page, one extra step, one extra squat, one more second brushing my teeth. I found that I'm happier, feel better, and think in a more positive mindset. Love the podcast. That's nice. Yeah. I didn't know that was like a Tim Ferriss thing, that 1% thing, but like a couple of stuff came to mind. First one is benchmarks. Like in general, for me, I'm, I very much need to have a goal, but I realized when I was younger, it was a very toxic thing. It was like finishing stuff and it being the best it's ever been ever. Like it was always like, not only just finishing it, but it was like, I had to have like going to the Olympics, like improvements, no matter what I was doing, whether it was yeah. writing or, or even like my career, it would be like, I would write a listener to be like, be on Comedy Central, be famous. Yeah. Be- you know what I mean? It was like shit you had no control over. And it was always like, I could be an open micer. And every year the goal was like, be the king of comedy central. I don't know what I was like thinking. And it's torturous because then you look back on it, or even if it's just there in your head, you're always comparing yourself to your this mental failure you had. And it wasn't until I started to, you know, it first started with exercise. Cause like we talked about it in an old exercise episode, but it was always to lose weight. And that always kind of just messes with your head because weight is so fluctuating. So you could like lose five pounds, but then you gain three and you're like, oh, this is my life's over. So then when I started to do it about getting better as a runner, getting faster, running longer, even just making myself stretch because I would never stretch, whatever it was, just improvements to the activity I was doing, 
I found myself being so much happier and, and looking more looking forward to doing those exercises and then actually having real gains and real measurable gains. But that's when it started to be, like Matt said, very incremental. So if it's like my goal was to be able to run, you know, this is earlier on, I want to run three miles without stopping, you know, it would start with you run half a mile and you walk the rest and then you just keep moving forward. And then once you hit the three miles, you don't go, okay, now you're going to run six miles without stopping. You go, okay, let's try 3.2 and stuff that's like gainable. And that like small increments is really how, whether it's writing, comedy, cleaning, because that seems to be something I never like just little baby movements forward. And I, I, I didn't know the Tim Ferriss thing, but that makes a lot of sense. 1% increments makes sense. Yeah. Mini goals, like all you have to do is write a couple chapter ideas. I mean, I've finished so many things by starting in increments and starting like small, small little improvements, doing a plank from, you know, 45 seconds to a minute to a little bit longer, <laughs> not much longer, but yeah, it's, it's helpful. Yeah, no, I just, I think the biggest trap, especially to like new year's resolutions is that you're going from an inactivity of whatever it is to you mastered it and you just punish yourself for not being the best at the best in whatever timeline you've given yourself. And I've even realized like, for me, I'll be like, okay, I want to finish this script in three months. I've never hit three months ever. But if it's every day, I need to work on this. Like you said, I'm going to outline, you know, I'm going to work on this minutes every day until the outline's done. And then I'm going to work on this every day until the first draft is done. And you, you break it down, you break it down, you break it down and you start judging yourself on the small goals that you give yourself and the small completions. I don't know. It just changes your mindset. Yeah. So I think it's the help. Yeah, it's like, it's like he was saying uh, about like, it just putting them in a better mood, a happier mindset, because you, you do have that sense of accomplishment as you accomplish the smaller things and those, and that sort of powers you to do more and accomplish more. And then, you know, but if you're like, I'm going to write a book this, this month, and then you don't even write a chapter and you're like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. And then you get into a bad mindset and it's all downhill yeah. from there. So yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Googles. Yeah. I'll go first. So my flatmate was choking. <laughs> what? Your new one? Your old one? Old one. So she, so I was upstairs and then I was like, is someone choking? And then <laughs> what do you, why? Because there was like banging or like she had eaten a piece of falafel. No, no, no. no. But how did you know that she was choking? Oh, you, I heard. <laughs> Were you in the room with her? No, I was upstairs. I, and I hear <laughs> like coughing and then trying to like get breath, but it took me too long. So I was like, that sounds like distress. <laughs> but like, I just, so I went downstairs and, and she was like trying to get something out. She was coughing and like making that horrible, like I can't breathe noise. And I felt helpless, you know, cause it's like, I was like, like all I could do is go, do you need me to perform the Heimlich? But you know, she, she was, she didn't really answer that. Um, <laughs> She's just getting purple in the face. That's not that helpful. Right. No, but I mean, so that's the thing. I need consent. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, you can't do anything if somebody's, if they're still breathing and coughing and like, if they're able to cough. Yeah. That means they're able to breathe. They just have to do it on their own. Like you're not supposed to perform a Heimlich maneuver unless like they, they just like cannot. Instructed. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what do you do for somebody who's kind of choking? (laughs) Also, like, isn't it funny where you're like, choke choke in a restaurant where they have the little Heimlich maneuver on the wall like what do you do at home when someone chokes you're like ah, I got a google I didn't know what to do and I just felt like I was like there's nothing 
there's nothing I can do. And it made me feel bad. So I just wanted to know in the future, because this has happened to me too. I thought I was going to die. I started choking on something exactly the same way. And I was at Johnny's. It was a little like, he was in the other room and I was like, why doesn't anyone try to help me? But like, honestly, all, all I really wanted was someone to come in and be like, are you okay? And that's it. Because like, they really couldn't, if they tried to like touch me or help me, I'd be like, get off me. Yeah. But I just wanted to, to, to see if, um, you had like I'd, a cry for help choking. Yeah. Great. It says mild choking, encourage them to cough. <laughs> it says it's the airway. If the airway is only partly blocked, the person will usually be able to speak, cry, cough, or breathe. Crying? Tears? Well, yeah, it's weird how you can cry and and that's just mild. Like, I, oh, I can't, sorry. It's just, I hate even the thought of like not being able to breathe. It says cry. It does say cry though. Um, encourage them to keep coughing to try to clear the blockage. This is the NHS website, by the way. Ask them to spit out the object if it's in their mouth. Okay. And don't put your fingers in their mouth to help them as they might bite you accidentally. <laughs> no, it does not say that. Yes, it does. I just think that's all really funny advice. Like, keep coughing good job keep coughing just Great. keep going and then you know it's a reflex keep do you, doing that do you have something in your mouth you want to spit it out spit it out you're choking <laughs> boop <laughs> just like put your fingers in their fucking mouth it's just so funny so yeah um that's what i mean you can't really do anything is the point is if they're mildly <laughs> choking you just have to l- let them either choke choke or let them deal with it we need to either get this way worse yeah or it needs to get way better. Those are your options. Yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. Thanks, NHS. Okay. So this is my Google. It's uh, how do you develop self-esteem as an adult? Ooh. And the re- yeah. So the reason I Googled that is because I had like the last couple of months, I've actually been like feeling really good about myself. And like, I know that I had really low self-esteem for like a really long time. And then I feel like maybe the last four or five years, I felt a lot better about myself. And I'm like, okay, well, what has changed? And like, I definitely think therapy has helped and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, what is really the reason that your self-esteem gets better? Because basically your self-esteem is developed as a, as a child. And I think it's through your connection with your parents and school and academic shit. Like it's, it's the things that you're being judged on, your connections to friends, teachers, family, what have you. But like, it just feels sometimes that you like, you're set as an adult with low self-esteem. And it's like, well, how do you improve it if it was like how cemented is your low self-esteem and how do you fix it? So I'll tell you what they said and then I'll tell you what I think I did or whatever. Okay. So what they say to develop self-esteem as an adult is be mindful of your, be mindful. And by that, they mean like pay attention to your negative self-talk. Like if you're being like, oh, you fucking idiot, you should have done that. Like, how are you talking to yourself? And clearly don't be mean to yourself. Then change the story, like this belief that like you should have been doing something or like this narrative. I I definitely will tell you I had a victim mentality for most of my life where like I felt like everything was happening to me. Not that I didn't have responsibility, but like everything that was happening, whether like if, if I had if I was who I was 15 years ago and COVID was happening, like COVID was happening to me, yes. not to the world. COVID was happening to me. So like, I definitely think change that story, like change that victim mentality, avoid falling into compare and despair rabbit hole. I think we could probably do a whole episode on that with stand up, where, you know, all it takes is you look on Instagram and somebody's on something and you're oh. like, Ugh. oh God. Yeah. Guess nobody wants me in their cool club. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like, I think we always go like when it's a female comic, you know, a, a Middle Eastern comic, yeah. you know, 
you know, woman of color, somebody, an experienced comic, anything where we feel like we're in it and, and they don't think of us, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Just whatever. Yeah. And then channel your inner rock star. Oh, fuck. I should have wrote down what they meant by that. But like, I guess like be your own person that pumps you up and believes in you exercise, do unto others. So like, you know, be a person of good, be a person of service, take care of people, be a good person, forgiveness, let things go. Remember you aren't your circumstances, meaning that like, if you don't have a lot of money or something bad happens, that's not who you are as a person. That's just the situation that you're in. So I think some of these are good. It's funny. Like the original ones that I read were so fluffy garbage that I was like, fuck off. This yeah. list was a little bit better. So this is what I, and this is very like my opinion, our whole podcast is my, what our opinions are, but like, I kind of think low self-esteem comes from a expectation and what's happening mismatch. And that can be in any which way. Like if you wish you had more self-control and you're eating garbage food, you'll have low self-esteem because you wanted to avoid having that cupcake and you had it and you'll bully the shit out of yourself. Or if, you thought you were somebody that would have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of money, you're going to be, you're going to feel less worthy and shitty because you don't have money. Let's say like, you know, your parents were prestigious in whatever craft they did and you're not prestigious in yours. You're going to compare and despair. And it's funny. Like I, I can't remember who this was, but I feel like I had a friend and when I was living in LA and she got so down on herself because her career path was to be a model but she was like five seven like one inch shorter than what you were supposed to be which was like five eight or taller to be a model and then said so like she just hated herself for it but she was gorgeous but by her standards it wasn't enough by like anyone else's standards she's a fucking yeah. goddess you know yeah. but like she just didn't quite measure up and so well who was also talking about that i think it was malcolm gladwell when he was uh somebody was talking about megadeth versus metallica one of the band members from megadeth was in metallica or left Metallica but like they just never became as big as Metallica and so they're successful in their own right but compared to others they didn't measure up I don't know who they were talking about specifically am I but talking okay. to what you were saying or did I just start babbling no but I, I mean there's there's a, I, I yes a hundred percent you are this this depending on where you're comparing the prettiest person in a room and she's like yes but I'm not the prettiest person in the world and yeah. you're just like Hey man, you okay. gotta, you gotta work on the same way that like, we talk about like the best thing that I've done for my own uh, mental health and self-worth is defining what success looks like for me in both life and my career and working towards that as opposed to other people's idea of what success and the best comedian is and trying to live up to it where it's not even something I necessarily want. But what I've really noticed with me and developing a better sense of self-esteem is that when I say I'm going to do something, I do it and yeah. like, and, and following through. So if I say, Hey, like today was day one, um, of me going off. Uh, so I drink this sugary tea every morning. I like English breakfast with milk and sugar. It's a lot of sugar. And I know it's bad for me. And I know it's caused the sugar and the dairy, I think is messing with my eczema. And I've been wanting to cut it out for a while. And today is day one. And I woke up and I go, today is day one. Oh, that's this why you're being you kind of bitchy today. Like you're being kind of bitchy today. <laughs> I'm just, I'm actually a little stressed because I'm doing a podcast yeah. in my parents' house. My cat's crying. Oh, you I can hear it. everything in my parents' house. And like, it's so funny. My dad sometimes is like, like I'll curse. I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, 
do we not talk like that? Oh and God, then sometimes the same like, thing. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, first of all, this is how I talk. And yeah. I, I told my dad flat out. I was like, if you want to talk to me, you're going to listen to me the way I talk. I'm not, I'm not telling you to fuck off. Yeah. I've never told my dad to fuck off, but I have yeah. told a story where I was like, I told this guy to fuck off. So if I'm not being mean to you, and the only thing that's bothering you is me cursing. Do you want to have a conversation or not? So like, but my dad's very wishy-washy. So sometimes we'll tell a story and my dad listens and he won't blink. And then sometimes he was like, we don't say that. I go, dad, I have a, sh- I have a book coming out called Why Cats Are Assholes. We are way past any kind of regulation of my, my vocabulary. Yeah. But that being said, I'm doing this podcast in my parents' house. And I'm just yeah. like, like, I just, I feel a little restrained, but I actually don't think it's the tea. Like I, I, I have my little, I have my seltzer and I had a little breakfast. Um, I, th- I actually think my stress is more like my cat, like anyway. And then like my battery's low and I'm going to have to plug that in. But what I actually think self-esteem is, is not only, I do think the not bullying yourself, which therapy helped with and, and, and self-regulating that getting rid of that victim mentality, a hundred percent, this isn't happening to me. My failures are not happening to me. People aren't against me. So those things, absolutely. But the other thing is holding myself, like when I say I'm going to do something in any capacity, if I said, hey, Maria, I'm going to send you a list of all the clubs in New York City. So the next time you're here, you can do them. And then I follow through. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel like I'm somebody that's accountable. That makes me feel like a good friend. That makes me somebody knowledgeable of the comedy community. So taking any kind of thing I say I'm going to do and actually following through on it, whether it's I'm going to wake up every morning not drink my tea of sugar and go for a walk and I do it. There's this, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And there's this, this autonomy between uh, who I want to be and who I think I'm good enough to be and who I'm actually presenting myself in this both. Cause you know how like you meet, you know, you go on a first date or you meet somebody at a party or whatever it is. And you're almost being a version of yourself because you're not like, do, are they going to, but like, eventually you just like how I feel is I show up at a party and I'm in myself and people either accept it or don't accept it. But I feel like the old version of me is this meeker version. That's trying to figure out, do they want somebody that doesn't curse or do they want somebody that's not going to be loud as opposed to now it's like, you know, I say, I'm going to work out. I work out. I say, I'm going to return my friend's phone call. I return my friend's phone call. And when I go to a party, I'm unapologetically myself. I'm not saying there aren't situations where you can't just be like, Hey fuckers, I'm here. Like, I'm not saying that, but if I'm at a party with a group of my friends, I'm just being me because I know they like me. No, I know what you're saying. I've, I've, I've thought about this recently too. And like how, um, I'm starting to get things done that I've put off for literally decades. I mean, I think like in my twenties and thirties, I knew there was a gap between who I, who I was and who I wanted to be. I was always like, always trying to diet and like not losing weight. And I was always trying to write, but not actually doing it and blah, 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 blah. And then you start to get things done very slowly, incrementally, like, uh, like our, our, our letter, those things do uh, like it gives you integrity and it knows that you, you start to trust yourself and realize like when, when I want to do something, there's something about no longer standing in your way and like all the distractions. I don't know if this is the same thing you have, but I mean, like I was always putting shit in my way and distracting for one reason or another, some kind of drama or some kind of whatever. And that stuff starts to fall away. And, and if like a stand up clip bombs online now, it's more in my head because I didn't post it at the right time and not because I'm shit. <laughs> so yes. It's just all these things right. you start to like stick up for yourself instead of going, oh yeah. God, I'm, I'm garbage. Dude, I used to, um, there was a comic and I feel bad saying this, but there was like a comic that had just been like an open micer for like 25 years. You know what I mean? Just this guy that you're like, hey man, I don't want to tell you to quit, 
but at some point you should have moved a little bit forward. And so whenever I would get, and this was like 10 years ago, whenever I get really down and I give Carmen a lot of credit because like I'd walk into the kitchen, she'd be like, how's it going? And I was like, not good. Like as soon as she made contact with me, I was like, wah. So we sit at the table, but I'd be like, am I this dude? Am I just, am I crazy? Do I think I'm just, do I think I'm good and I'm just not? And she's like, no, no. And like, I kept comparing, like I kept thinking that I was like delusional in my abilities, in my growth, because I was using the industry, clubs, compare and despair to other comedians as a way of deciding if I had value as a comedian. And as I got healthier, and we talked about this a couple of different times, as I started to make my own goals of what I thought success was, as I started to implement those goals, and as I started to see results. Now, keep in mind, some of those results took a year, took two years, and some of them, and that's where like, I really started to think about the self-esteem thing. I, you know, I, so my, my thing is I got an agent. It's really, really hard to get an agent in the U S this was the agent I wanted. I've been emailing him and keeping him in the loop for like 10 years. And then I got picked up by this agent in October and it was just a couple of different things that I had been working on for the last five to eight years. And this was like the last one to kind of come together. And I walked into my kitchen. I looked at my roommate, Chris, who I've lived with for 11 years. And I was like, I feel so good about myself. And it's not goal accomplishment. It's that I implemented all these different things in the hopes of this goal. And it, it came together to the point where like the goal feels great that I accomplished it, but it was all these little things that I did for myself in, in this, truly that appreciate the journey, not the destination kind of crap. But I was like, I did that. I did that. I believed in myself. I supported myself. I was unwavering. I made decisions that I had zero idea if they were going to work out or not. And they're starting to come together over the course of three, five, eight years. And I'm fucking, I I feel good about myself. Like I'm proud of myself. And it was the first time that I was like, I started to see that I was having better and better self-esteem, but I would say this year, weirdly enough, is the first time that I'm like, I like myself a lot and I'm proud of myself. And I do feel like it's been this weird reparenting to the point where sometimes I do hear a negative thought and I go, stop. Like literally I'll say it out loud, stop. And it's like, and that's how sometimes like think, uh, you know, my, my niece, this was months ago, but my niece said something. She was just like, yeah, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, who, who said you don't know how to do that? Have you tried? Let's do it. And you know what I mean? And that's almost how you have to talk to yourself sometimes. Ah, I can't do that. Liz, who told you you can't do that? You did. What garbage yeah. is that? Yeah. I swear to God, this is past like week, but like I've taken writing things and go, instead of going, maybe this isn't my thing. And I was just like, not only is it your thing, you're better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're fucking good at it. Like, I mean, but like, it's coming from the same source either way. If I'm ready to believe that I'm garbage at writing a certain way, then why can't I just be ready to believe that I'm actually really good at it and yeah. probably better than most? Like, might as yes. well. Ready to get into, let's get personal. Yeah. I look like an angel. Um, <laughs> let's get personal. Okay. Question is... Is there a teacher that made like a really big impact on you growing up? Like technically like changed your mindset and stuff? No. No teacher has had any influence on you. Wow, this became an anti-teacher podcast. No. I teacher that made your life easier? I mean, I had a photography teacher in high school who seemed to really like my photography. That was encouraging. So that, that made me do photography a little more. I had an advertising teacher in college who I like, I mean, he was good. I, I was interested in the course, but I, I, nobody changed my life. Like I didn't have any like dangerous minds type moment, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't have a dangerous mindset moment either. I had a gymnastics coach 
that made me feel like I was good at gymnastics, like just made me feel seen and like, feel like I was getting better. And that like, I think probably instilled like practice makes perfect, but also like when I was older, I had these like Russian and Polish coaches and it was truly like, you suck. What are you doing? Good at it. Like they, like they would hit us. They were like super mean. And it was always like what you're doing wrong as opposed to, and I feel bad. I don't remember his name, but I could like probably describe him. He was just like this tall black guy. And he always had like lizards and alligators. That was my other favorite part about him is in the summer, he would bring his like cool, weird, exotic pets. And, you know, they would always like the alligators, like little baby alligators would have their mouths um, rubber band or whatever, but he would have snakes and lizards and stuff. And he would bring them after the practice and we would get to pet them and hang out with them. I don't know. He was just like, he was fun. And then he also, he always focused on what you did well. So like, let's say I was learning how to do a back handspring. He'd be like, great. He was like, great landing. He's like, great hand positionings. We just need to work on, you know, your, the way your legs land, but everything else was awesome. As opposed to like the Russian Polish coaches were like wobbly arms. Look at these wobbly arms. All I see is wobbly arms, but you're like, dude, I just did my first back tuck on a beam. I've been scared of this for months. And all you can think about is wobbly arms. Like, are you crazy? So it was just like the first time that somebody focused on the positive of almost like what we talked about before, like what are the things I am doing well? What are the things that are getting improved as opposed to just, and it was like the first person in my life that, that made me feel good about every little improvement that I made. And the way he gave constructing, constructive criticism was empowering as opposed to belittling. I had the opposite. If I, I, can, if I could take a second, I can find a diary entry from 2001 where I talk about it. Yeah. March 13th, 2001. <laughs> So I guess the explosion I had to build for my art class didn't quite make the boom I thought it would. Well done. Well done. (laughs) The teacher and I had a talk after class, talked him out of giving me an F. I did all the work that needed to be due. I just didn't do it as well as everyone else. He talked about how maybe I didn't want to be in school right now. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Just because I don't do well in art doesn't mean I should drop out and do my thing and come back later. Why am I being so defensive? I was really self-aware for... Yeah. He was just being nice and pointed out my options. He also gave me the option of taking an incomplete. Oh, that would be horrid to drag the misery of this class out for another six weeks and is the last thing I want. I'll just take my D and be on my way. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) He was nice. I am not going to complain. I just want to go play pool and forget about school for the rest of the night. And then I What year were you? Third in college. Okay. I had a couple people be like, we don't think you want to be here, (laughs) which was true. I didn't. Oh yeah, I didn't. But, I don't want to be there. I could say I could say that for literally every class. The difference is, is that I, my freedom as a child to be able to do what I wanted to do, see my friends, whatever, was based on my grades. So I did whatever I could to get the grade, and that meant cheating. That meant you know, figuring out what the teacher like. Okay, this teacher likes uh, participation, so I would participate a lot. This teacher cares about essays, so I work really hard on the essay. Whatever it was, I did whatever it took. If it was all test taking, I cheated. Like I, it was school was so hard, so unrewarding, and I couldn't keep up with it. That I did whatever it took to get A's so that I could get the grades. And it, it really wasn't until my mid twenties, after reading that dyslexic advantage book, that I learned how I learn to the point that I can now teach myself stuff. But nobody took the time not only to find out how I learn, but then to teach me that way. So I was like, well, that I'll just get the results that I want to get. So I didn't have that same, it doesn't seem like you want to be here because failing wasn't an option in any sense of the word. And so I, I went the bullshit route. I'll bullshit you into thinking I care. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> just, uh, just your local con artist. Manipulative Liz. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I would say the only teacher, so that I told you about my gymnastics coach, my other teacher um, was my fourth grade teacher. So keep in mind, I was diagnosed with dyslexia in the third grade. So they found out I couldn't even read in the third grade. And they were like, oh shit. So got diagnosed with dyslexia, uh, third grade, pretty much again, con artist. I was like, I don't even know what people are doing with these books. So I definitely had like special classes in the fourth grade, but my main grade, fourth grade teacher, and I don't know how elementary school works in other places or even clearly even the UK, but like you're up until high school, one teacher teaches you all the subjects. You know what I mean? They're teaching you math, they're teaching you science, they're teaching you reading and history. Then there's different parts of the day that you learn different shit. I can't remember her name, but she loved cats and she knew my mom and she loved me, loved me. And talk about wanting to work hard for somebody else. Like she was so nice to me and she was so like understanding. And I guess clearly knew that I was dyslexic that like, she was just like the warm, like I, she looked like Wanda Sykes in my head. I don't know if I just taken what Wanda Sykes looks like and decided that this black lady looked like Wanda Sykes, but she was just so kind and so understanding and so encouraging. And then she also liked cats. So we would talk about cats together. So if you think I'm a crazy cat lady now, fourth grade Liz could talk about cats for, it was the, my only personality trait. And now it's about 50% of my personality. It's still your, yeah. <laughs> but she, and then again, she knew my mother. I think she liked my mother because she took her cats to my mom. I don't know. It, she was just so warm. And I just didn't have that as a child that it was like, I, I'm not exaggerating. I worked hard and I really like, I was a good student or I tried to be a good student, even though it was really hard because of her. That's great. That's like, it's uh, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, I, I was one of those students, like if you think, and it's not always the teacher's fault because what is it? Test grades decide what the funding is going to be, which is going to decide whatever. And I'm like, I'm fucking up your funding. I'm, you're going to have to put twice as much work for me to do only. Okay. So I cheated for them. I was really cheating for the budget. Yeah. Good person. Sponsor time? Sponsor time. Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Blocks Remedy Sleep Mask. It feels like serendipitous timing because what, like two episodes ago, my Google. You were just talking about it. Yeah. It's it's crazy. (laughs) So when they asked, they asked to sponsor us, I was just like, are you in our heads? Like what is happening here? (laughs) Do you listen to our podcast? (laughs) I know. I literally was like, that would be too, that's too much ego, right? But yeah, I need darkness to sleep. But then I found out that my sleep mask was messing up my eyelashes. They were growing all crisscrossy. So I found out I needed something that kind of took the pressure off my eyes. So the Remedy Sleep Mask, it does that. I mean, it's super soft. It's very comfortable. And then it has like, I don't know how to do this. Not like a freak. Like it has a little like, like (laughs) bubbles so that it protects both your eyes and your eyelashes. And it's awesome. So I'm just super excited for these sleep masks. Super comfortable. Um, You should all try them out. So start sleeping better with Blue Blocks Remedy Sleep Mask or pick up a pair of their uh, blue light blocking glasses and get 15% off of your order by going to blueblocks.com right slash tune on DRS or just enter the code tune on DRS at checkout. Uh, I'll spell that for you because I know Liz, you're already going. I don't know. Spell that. You, you said blue it. so much. So it's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash two, the number two, non-DRS for 15% off or just use the code two non-DRS at checkout. Thanks, Blue Blocks. Uh, you want to get into topic? Yeah. Okay. Topic this week is uh, is leaky gut, which is near and dear to my gut, my yeah. heart, you know, however we want to say that. Did we ever decide if you had leaky gut? I don't think so. Do you want to decide right now? I mean, the only thing I really know is that you have psoriasis, but I don't feel like you have any stomach issues or any allergies or anything, right? 
I mean, I have allergies all the time. Like, listen to me. Oh, I was thinking more like food allergies, like anything that would be in the gut. Although I do think um, other allergies do are symptomatic to the rest, how the rest of the body is working. I think everything starts from the gut. Like, I feel like, uh, what did I read? Clean gut. (laughs) I read that one. Found it on your shelf. And I was like, I need this. Everything wrong with you from physical to even like your anger and your irritability and stuff stems in the gut. Okay. What is leaky gut? All right. There are tight openings in the intestinal wall that allow water nutrients to pass through into the bloodstream while keeping harmful substances inside. With leaky gut, these openings become wider and allow food particles, bacteria, and toxins to enter directly into the bloodstream. And that's when you start to have problems. So there should naturally, there's a natural wall. And because of certain things, that becomes wider. And now you start to have stuff that should not be in your bloodstream. And then what happens from what I understand is that those particles, these things, food particles, these, you know, your body sees it as a foreign thing and it starts to attack it. And that's why your body starts to attack itself. And that's where like autoimmune diseases come in and a bunch of other stuff is like your body is literally attacking itself because these, Hey, these guys shouldn't be here. You're in the wrong uh, place in the body. Some symptoms yeah, of leaky gut. The security guard at this club is shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Sleep yeah. He's let him in, in, let him in. And you're like, hey, have you carded anybody? He's like, no, they all look 18. What? Are you crazy? Yeah, exactly. We're security guard. Um, but there's a reason because this security guard is like drunk. Like he is like, it's not completely his fault. You intoxicated the security guard. So <laughs> it's on you. You did this. You hired the wrong guy. Okay, so here's some symptoms of leaky gut, and then we'll go into how you get these symptoms. So uh, chronic diarrhea, constipation or bloating, uh, nutritional deficiencies, fatigue, headaches, confusion, difficulty concentrating, skin problems. Ah, God damn it. I hurt myself on that one. Um, Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you for asking. Um, No. Okay, skin problems like acne, skin problems like acne, rashes, and eczema joint pain, and then just like widespread inflammation. Like if you've ever gone to a doctor and they're just like, well, you're very inflamed. Never understood what that meant. Yeah, exactly. And and they also kind of are just, because this is the weird part. A lot of doctors don't recognize leaky gut as a thing. So if somebody just tells you you have inflammation, you go, why? And they go, we don't know. You're like, come on, man. So like, there's a, there's, there's kind of like a line in the sand where there's doctors that fully believe in leaky gut. And then there's a bunch of doctors are like, it's, it's a made up thing. I think most people believe it's real. Okay. So what are some causes? Like how do you end up developing leaky gut? Poor nutrition. So just eating a lot of processed foods, eating foods, your body doesn't know how to recognize sugar is just so bad for you. And it just, your body, it just starts doing havoc on your body, but poor nutrition, alcohol consumption, uh, infections, autoimmune disorders. And there's a little bit of a catch 22, like autoimmune disorders can cause leaky gut and then leaky gut can cause autoimmune disorders. Like there's that kind of thing. Um, then diabetes and stress. It's very upsetting yeah. to hear stress on every fucking list. Well, I was just thinking about how annoying stress is because it's so unqu- unquantifiable that you could just say stress for anything. You could make up anything. You could be like leaky gut is caused by encounters with alligators. Uh, <laughs> Or stress. And it's like, well, it could be leaky gut because that stress factor is in there. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel like every single thing we've done, it's like da-da-da, 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 stress. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but like, who's not stressed? Like who, like forget the pandemic, for, but like, what is it? Like some dude in Norway that fishes? Like who's not stressed? Yeah, but it's like, there's like, you, you, you manage it. And that's when meditation comes in. 
I really think if you tried it, you'll find that the stress will come up, but you deal with it better. Oh, you're frozen. Good. That's good. Okay. Oh, you're... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I think I just get frustrated because I think you know, before I didn't realize that my natural state of living was stress. And the only time I actually use the word stressed is when it's over my natural stress. You know what I mean? Like when I have like too much shit to get done, like yesterday I had like finished packing, you know, pack up my cat, drive to Virginia. Then I had a packet, like a writing packet I needed to get done. And then I had to do this. It was my dad's birthday. So I had stuff I had to do for my dad's birthday. Like I just felt like whatever. And that's when I would say I was stressed, but in a normal day, I'm still also stressed. It's just here. And yeah. then I only say it when it's here. And then you find out that this is not okay either. And you're like, I get stuff done here. This is where I get stuff done. Yeah. And I also think there's like tons of other things that cause leaky gut. I, I fully believe that birth control causes leaky gut. Yes. Um, there's something about it that um, I've, and I've, I'm sure I, I hate read- birth control so much. I was just so on board. You hadn't specified the type of birth control. Yay! I never yeah, said yeah. I had leaky gut, but I was like, yes, it does. Yes, it, it does. does. I hate and it. Absolutely. Yo, they really do believe leaky gut causes a lot of autoimmune diseases in women. And I, and, and that could be because of leaky gut, but like, I thought I had Crohn's disease. I had so many problems with my stomach and I don't, but like all the tests I've done, like everything. And like, oh, and so then we, we did a bonus episode on candida and that I think leaky gut is also how, what leads you to candida. So like, if you read about candida, they will tell you that leaky gut is the reason that you developed it is because all the weird things that you're eating goes into your stomach and wreaks havoc. They think leaky gut leads to IBS, Crohn's disease, celiac, uh, chronic liver disease, diabetes, food allergies and sensitive sensitivities, uh, polycystic, polycystic no, ovary cystic. syndrome. Thank you. I had I to did look some at reading too. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Poly, polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, I read, I read girl. Um, But yeah, so it's just like anything that has to involve with your stomach kind of rejecting stuff or you're having stomach issues. Like, cause like, I think a lot of times, okay, you go to the doctor and they go, you have IBS. Okay, well, how did we get here? How did I get IBS? And they never take it a step further. That's a symptom to a larger problem. And if you take another step back, you find leaky gut. That's what I think was, I was so frustrated when I was on my journey with all the problems that I had with my stomach is that it was always like treat a symptom and maybe treat the thing that maybe gave that symptom, but it's never anything underneath it. Like, how did we get here? Yes. Why are we here? Why am I this uncomfortable? They recommend the food maps diet. If you don't know about the food maps diet, like it's just in my mind, it feels arbitrary. It's like you you can have Brussels, you can't have Brussels sprouts, but you can have broccoli and you can have this rice that was from this land, but you can't have this rice. And it was just too much for me. And I found it so stressful. And then they told me I wasn't allowed to be stressed that I went paleo and paleo <laughs> helped me. Like I was strict paleo for, I think like two, two and a half years. And then like pretty paleo for like another two years. And honestly, taking out most processed pretty sugar. Paleo out- sounds like a perfect cookbook. What? Pretty paleo. <laughs> I'm pretty paleo, pretty paleo. Like, and they tell you where you're cheating, but it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole idea of paleo diet is that you eat like a caveman, but then you're eating bacon and you're like, okay, paleo like, like, by the way, Britain's having a hard time dealing with possibly getting bacon from the States because of all the shit they put in the bacon. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're losing their minds. They don't want it. They're like, get your fucked up bacon away from us. It causes bowel cancer. And even yeah, when it says nitrate free, it's not. And like, yeah, that and your chlorinated chicken. And I was like, Jesus, our food, they'll give us anything. <laughs> Dude, we, we Americans don't realize that we're, we're, 
being ex- like pretty much experimented on. Like they do, if they can sell it and people like it, they, they give it to us. And that, and we always talk about this. That's why when you go to a McDonald's in India or you, you go to, or they sell Dove soap in a different country, it's different ingredients because they have rules about not poisoning their people. And ours, because of capitalism, it's all, if we can make money, it's good enough. Yeah, it's good enough. But like when I was eating paleo bacon, so that's the other thing is like, don't put additives and stuff. They start, cause that's the thing is as these diets take off like keto, I now eat a keto bread because it's both gluten-free and uh, yeast-free cause I'm allergic to yeast. But with the paleo diet take, coming off, they started to make bacon without sugar cause they yeah. always put sugar in bacon. And then they started to make it nitrate free which I think is where the carcinogens come in. Yeah, I can be fact-checked on that. But in general, as paleo became bigger and there were bacon recipes and there was a demand for healthier bacon, then they started to make sugar-free, nitrate-free bacon. And it used to be one brand made good, like happy, happy bacon. And now I think there's like three brands that make it. And then they'll even stamp it. This is paleo proves bacon. But like in general, it just made me put real food into my body and cut out the crap. And it's also when I went off alcohol and that's when I, my body started to heal because I had, for all intensive reasons, really, really bad IBS, not even knowing that this was abnormal. But and it was only the IBS because I was like drinking Pepto-Bismol and I was addicted to anything that kind of, I would have these shooting pains in my stomach. And now I know when I eat something wrong, because it happens like twice a year and I fall and I can't even handle them the same way. I used to, I'll fall to the ground and hold my stomach because it's so painful. But I would get these shooting pains in my stomach like 20 minutes after I ate that like, I don't know if I ever really had heartburn, but this was like stomach burn. Like it was just so painful. And I just normalized it because I couldn't remember a time I didn't have that pain. Now when I have it, I'm like, fuck, I ate something wrong. Like I won't eat Chinese food because it's happened twice when I ate Chinese food. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but my body doesn't like this and I'm not going to push it anymore. And I'm not even as strict. I'm really not as strict as I used to be. But like by being strict and taking all this stuff out, I think I gave my body time to heal. Cause they do say you can heal your leaky gut. Like you can start to like close these holes and, and, and make it less and less to the point where I have almost no IBS symptoms. I have some, clearly I have my eczema and some other stuff, but like if I was at a nine, I'm at like a two, maybe even a one most weeks. Yeah. I think that's the part that like people have to remember, especially, you know, when like Dean Del Rey came on and said he had diabetes and was going to need injection shots from every month for the rest of his life. And he was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) So then he like read the diabetes cure and and then cured it, not cured it, but like kept it. I don't know if he did cure it. it, He said he cured it and maybe because he got it and then he did it right away. So even like some something like Crohn's disease, I don't think Crohn's disease is going to go away, but there's all these podcasts and books and people that talk about managing it better on diet than ever managing it with drugs. And it's harder. Absolutely. It's harder and, and it, and it sucks, but like you start to heal your body, your body stops attacking itself. And then you don't have these severe drugs feel like whack-a-mole. Oh, you had said, uh, I think your whole sinus issue is coming from a fungal infection. The thought process was that I could take a pill for something, but it would be like specifically for that. It just feels like whack-a-mole. Like, you know, like you covered it here and then another thing comes up and you're like, well, uh, now I got to deal with that. And then another thing comes up and then you've got a body like like pasted together with (laughs) band-aids but isn't that the drug industry and that's what people have always said it's like okay i have crohn's disease so they tell you to take this drug and this drug maybe manages like 
diarrhea or whatever, but then all of a sudden you have lesions on your face or what, you know what I mean? So then they give you yeah. another drug for the lesions and then those lesion drugs cause eye pain. So now you're taking a drug for eye pain. So it is, it, it feels like as opposed to you change your diet, you start to, to heal in some kind of way. And then you don't have to make a decision of this symptom isn't as bad as this symptom. So it's like, and, and don't get me wrong, it's the slower way is diet, the harder way is diet. It, it is, you know, that's why people go, it's, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, lifestyle change. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle <laughs> change. And you're like, you're exhausting. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is if you don't keep up with it, the same thing that caused it in the first place is just gonna cause it again because you're continuing yeah. to live. And you can take poison and then you can flush it out of your system. But if you take poison again, you're still poisoning yourself. Like it's yeah. just, you just delayed the process. When I had psoriasis really bad, they gave me a steroid cream. And I think the steroid cream made it go away, but then it came back and it came back like 10 times worse. And I don't know if that was because of the steroid cream or, or not, but I wasn't fixing anything. I wasn't, I didn't change my diet. I didn't quit drinking. I didn't quit smoking. I didn't like cut out gluten. I didn't try to figure it out. So, and like steroid cream will make your skin thinner. And it's just like, you can only do it so much before you're really starting to fuck up. And I think this was with all medications before you're really starting to, um, like you can only take antibiotics so many times before they just stop working. Yeah. And so I just never, I stopped taking the steroid cream. I didn't want to keep having to take it. So I, uh, I, I dealt with the psoriasis for a very long time. And then I finally quit stuff and then I, I healed a bit, you know? And yeah. And then also knowing that like now when I have a flare up, like, like I said, like when something happens with my stomach or even now with the eczema, I've been a bit ignory because of the pandemic, but I'm actually starting to deal with it. You go, I know the steps. I know why it's flaring up. I know what I can do to cut it out. And I actually know it'll go away. I went almost 10 years with no eczema because I changed my diet. So to me, it coming back is such a huge sign that things are out of balance and that things are, are starting to head worse. And I need to, I need to at the very least clean up some of the stuff I think in my diet. People need to know or be told or reminded that it will go away. Like I just, yeah. I think like if you put a lot of effort into something and then you don't see results or you don't do it long enough to see results or whatever, but you, you go like, well, fuck it. It's probably not gonna make a difference. This is just who I am now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, you know, you need people to go, I've gone through this. It sucks for a while, but it does get better. It's the same with quitting drinking. It's same like, and quitting smoking. It's like, you just want to know that past this two weeks of like how uncomfortable you're feeling, you're going to forget about it. And like, that's sort of what keeps you going through that. But if you don't know that, like, if you, if I didn't talk to you and you told me of two years of eating paleo, if, if you didn't tell me that like it helped everything, I would never like consider doing it. But it's because I know, I know you went through it. And so it's, so it's encouraging. And while you were talking, I was thinking about how like most lifestyle changes are based on physical changes. So weight loss, gaining muscles, whatever. So I did this every day and I gained, gained muscles. I did this every day and I lost 50 pounds, whatever it is. But like you physically feeling better, you have to like really pay attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I kind of used my face as a barometer for a while. So when I, when I first started doing it, I read both how to balance your hormones. Cause by the same, around the same time that I was trying to fix my stomach, um, I went off birth control and my, my, I had cystic acne. I looked crazy and I was super uncomfortable. So I was doing two different things. I was trying to heal my stomach and I was trying to balance my hormones only to find out that a, really your gut is in charge of your hormones and your hormones are in charge of your gut. Like they're all kind of interspersed and they all kind of communicate that if your hormones are out of whack, 
your gut is probably out of whack. And if your gut's out of whack, your hormones are probably out of whack. So in some ways, and in some ways they all kind of say the same thing, but I was really strict with my diet because I was both physically not, didn't feel good. I mean, physically I didn't feel good, but like visually I didn't feel good about myself. And when my acne went from cystic acne to little tiny pimples, it was like, it's working. Like I just tried to use little things um, you know, not, not using Pepto-Bismol or, you know, when I went sugar-free, which, you know, I'm, I've always been a sugar addict. I mean, my personality is a cupcake emoji. Like, and when I went sugar-free, it like fucked me. Like it, I think it was more detrimental to how people saw me than how I saw myself. Like my mom was like, but your birthday. And I was like, yeah, mom, just give me a card. She's like, but your birthday. Like my mom was just like, how do we celebrate? How do I show you love? <laughs> yeah. But it was finding little barometers, both physical and like how I, cause like sometimes it's like, well, do you feel more alert? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I feel more alert. Yeah. Do you have more energy? I don't know. I don't, I still am going to the job. I don't want to go to. Can you really tell if you have well, more energy? Can I say that like I was getting uh, off the overground and I felt, this was like a few days ago and I felt light. I don't know. I was like, record how you're feeling, what you ate today, what your shoes you're wearing. Like, I just, I was like, I want to capture this. I want to know what I did. What did I do right? Because this is how I should be moving around my day always. Just, I just felt light and airy. Yeah, I'm, yeah, always, yeah. I'm either like a little bit fatigued or achy or I'm just like, you know, like I'm always just like, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you were like recording what you ate and what outfit you're wearing. It has to be one or the other. It's something, it's something, but I want this to happen again and again. Yeah, but I, I, I do think that some of it is so having something to, to kind of keep you going because it is a slower process, but it actually heals as opposed to, I think a lot of modern American medicine, which just puts this band-aid on a dam, like this thing that it's going to show up in another way or in the same way, 10 times worse eventually. Okay. So improving your gut health probiotics. I, I live and breathe by probiotics. They, I truly do believe they've, they've really done a lot for me. Now there's, they're not all created equal, but like there's, you just have to do a lot of research on like a good probiotic actually working and blah, blah, blah. But I've used the same probiotic, I think for like six Can years. Can you disclose? I just don't I have it downstairs. Okay. Foods rich in fiber. They say veggies and whole grains. I don't really like whole grains. I think it's a little crazy, but maybe in better countries than America, whole grains. I think the whole grains in the US are garbage. Uh, less meat, dairy, and eggs. I've always believed in the paleo diet. I think, and I, I'm not a big proponent of vegan. I, I couldn't even if I wanted to because I can't have yeast and I feel like they substitute that. My whole thing is if you are going to have meat, they're happy meats. These are, you know, well-raised, free-range, organic, instead of like the, like you said, like chlorinated chicken and any kind of process. It's like, you're not having salami, you're having, you know, um, a, a happy Make cow. Make sure you're paying 17 pounds a pound or $17 yeah, a pound you, for- You want to be yeah. bankrupt, yes. clearly. And that's the shitty part about it is that good food costs more money and it clearly is so much easier to have a Big Mac than it is- right. Organic. Yeah, but take all the money you would spend on the shit meat or the Big Macs and then just put that towards the, the good meat, like less time. So it's like, say you have a Big Mac every day that you, then you can afford a really nice ribeye once a week. But what are you doing that. for all the other days? So you're you ribeye one day a week. <laughs> you're following the rest of that diet. It says less meat and dairy. Yeah, and yeah. The thing about when you say less, it doesn't mean anything like less than what? Oh yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. um, that's why I was saying truly sadly and i know there's a financial component to it truly it's about having better meats and better i i think as opposed to completely cutting them out 
Um, avoid sugar and artificial sugars. I will always tell you artificial sugars. They're absolutely ripping your gut in, into pieces. We all know that whatever aspartame, whatever the fuck they put in diet sodas and stuff, like all that stuff is just, it's not good. It, it causes cancer and I don't know. Exercise regularly. They're always going to say that. I think it's whatever you want to do, but clearly movement is important and you just got to move, figure out how to move enough sleep. They always say that. We all know that. Reduce stress. Go fuck yourself. Whatever the fuck that means. Meditate. The 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 reasonable Bria will tell you to meditate, and she's so right, and she's so smart. And someday I will listen to her. Someday. <laughs> this is what this podcast is about: getting Liz to meditate. You'll meditate when you like. One day I float into the podcast. You're like, oh, it does work. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? Do you have a hoverboard? And you're like, I've just I've reached nirvana. I'm so light. I'm so light. It's my converse and it's the meditating. <laughs> um, so reduce stress, avoid unnecessary use of antibiotics. I always judge people when they're just like, yeah, I have a cold. I'm going to go get antibiotics. No, no. Get it out of your dairy, get it out of your foods. And then also do not take, like it has, things have to be like bad, bad, bad for you to take antibiotics. Do not take them just to take them. Cause like you said earlier, you start to, they start stop to work and then they're literally stabbing holes in your stomach um, and quit smoking. They're yeah. Just, okay. Thank you. Way to listen. I hope it was, it was helpful. Um, if you've had your own leaky gut experiences, if there's stuff that we haven't covered, um, if, if you feel like we misrepresented uh, leaky gut in the holes inside your stomach, let us know. You know People us, we're morons. <laughs> we don't hide that. Um, but uh, you can write to us at two non-doctors, two non Full word doctors <laughs> at gmail.com. And uh, thank you so much, guys. We will uh, see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.